computational photography and the iPhone, and Facebook's challenges in the European Union. This is Mac Voices. Mac Voices is supported by New Relic. Monitor, debug, and improve your entire stack. Get access to the whole New Relic platform and 100 gigabytes of data free forever. No credit card required. Sign up at newrelic.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is a talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, this is Mac Voices Live. We are on live uh, YouTube at youtube.com slash macvoicestv. Um, it is Tuesday night. It is 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, whatever time it is, wherever you are. We'd love to have you join us in the chat room. We see people filling in there now, and boy, are they in for a show tonight. Because we have, an, this is probably the largest Mac Voices Live panel we've ever had. Um, and so we have some new blood, we have some returning blood, and then we just have the usual, no, well, not the usual crazies, because they're all crazy. But we'll just dig into this. What kind of blood am I? You, oh, you're, negative? You're the, same, or? you're the same. Oh, jeez. E positive. Gonna, see? Here we go. So I'm going to go around the room, introduce everybody, and then we're going to see what happens. And how quickly an hour and a half goes. Um, so I'm going to take my screen as I always do. First up, uh, brand new to our our team is Mr. Jeff Butts of the Mac Observer. Jeff, welcome. It's great to have you. Uh, you're muted, Jeff. <laughs> I was hitting space bar in the wrong place. Yeah, thanks, Chuck. I'm 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 very glad to be here. It's good to good to see everybody. Well, it's good to good to see you. Good to have you with us. Um, we enjoy your articles on TMO, and um, we enjoy your commentary with Kelly on TDO. So, you know, we'll look forward to your wisdom here. I don't know how much wisdom you'll get, but I'm sure there'll be opinions voiced. Well, we'll take what we can get. Always have. Um, Mr. David Ginsburg is with us. <laughs> <laughs> David, a night. David, yeah, it is. How are you? Good to see I'm you. I'm doing great. Thank you, Chuck. Uh, good to be here. Boy, this is a, a big panel. We're going to have a lot of fun tonight. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that, well, I'm not sure what I'm hoping will come out of this. <laughs> <laughs> guy Searle is here with, is this another new mic guy? It is. It is. It is the Lewitt mic. Um, my, my New Year's resolution has been shot to hell. After and uh 12 hours though yeah. so, uh, yeah six hours 12 hours yeah but it's uh it's it's a really really good mic and, and i'm really enjoying it it's a lewitt lct 440 pure Ooh, oh sounds good sounds yeah good. i like it jeff gammon is here with his um usual road uh what is that podcaster isn't it jeff it's the road podcaster yep yeah yeah the big white road podcaster the same microphone that i have used for Years and years. years. Yep, and it has it has survived. It has. Only one microphone. The same one. Over and over. Sorry, okay. that's alien to me. <laughs> I know. I'm not even speaking the same language as you right now. Use <laughs> sign language. Brittany Smith is here. Careful. Brittany, welcome. Uh, a typo negative or whatever. I don't know what you are, but I'm glad you're here. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. We'll see what happens. Well, that, that's exactly what I'm, the attitude I'm taking. Yes. 
Um, Jim Ray is here. Jim, what do you think is going to happen tonight with this group? Chaos. <laughs> yep. That's that's pretty much my diagnosis. I'll go back on Andrew, mute now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Orr is here. Andrew, it's good to have you back. We haven't seen you for a little while. Yeah. Uh, hey, Chuck, and hey, everyone. It's good to be here. It has been a while, but I think this will be a good night. <laughs> I think it'll be a fun night. Mr. Mark Fuccio is here with um, a chart in the background. Mark, uh, what is your chart this time? It is apropos of one topic we might uh, discuss, uh, namely the collapse in a lot of the social media share prices as they're coming out and reporting a second quarter. And it's becoming clear, you know, just uh, how effective Apple's app tracking transparency is and how people are turning it off and it's causing them. Uh, to see reduced revenues and hence, uh, you know, collapsing share prices. Excellent. So Excellent. We'll, we'll jump into that uh, later on, I'm sure. As I feel sure, no question. Kelly Gamont is hiding down there in the corner of my screen. I'm not sure where she is on yours. Kelly, great to have you. What have you heard? Oh, hi. Hi, Chuck. <laughs> what haven't I heard, Kelly? <laughs> From me at that. Um, yeah. Okay. I admit well, I was hi. I was talking I was talking about you not from you. But anyway. <laughs> okay. Chuck, you weren't supposed to tell her that. that I didn't confidence. Yeah, I thought that was I, after dark. Kelly, well, deny everything. Yes. Make counter accusations and demand video proof. Demand video proof, yes. And a good lawyer. And if I have it? No, never mind. I believe that is after dark. <laughs> we'll leave that alone. <laughs> Warren Sklar, you're back to a normal size this week as opposed to what you were last week. You've been kind of a little munchkin in the past couple of weeks. Um, I, I've been eating my Wheaties, um, drinking a lot of milk. Um, yeah, no, it's good to be here. It looks like I picked a good week to uh, stop sniffing glue. So <laughs> Thank you for confessing that on the air. It kind of um, sounds like you're sniffing glue. I feel like it. it. Well, this is um yeah. I I'm upstairs now. My my stuff is downstairs, and I just uh, decided to join. I'm like I probably need a microphone of some sort, so I went into my wife's office and grabbed this Logitech thing. So if it's if it's not that great, sorry, I'll do my best. Oh, we can deal with it. We can deal with it. Last but absolutely not least, returning after a quite an absence, Mr. Jay Miller. Jay, it's great to have you back. We've missed you. So, you know, in this modern day and age, with social distancing, you're supposed to stay six months apart. So maybe after this episode, <laughs> I'll uh, see you in August. <laughs> okay, well, let me write that months. down as far as the scheduling goes. <laughs> six months. Are you sure about that? Uh, it's, it's been a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a little while, no question. Well, there are a lot of things. We we had some planned topics. A couple other things came up that if we get to, I'd love to talk about. But um, the first one, I'll throw this into everybody's chat, um, was an article that I, in fact, I'll throw it in YouTube first. I'll throw it in our chat second. Um, an article I came across on Medium by Derek Story. And if you, for those of you who don't know, uh, Derek is a professional photographer who do, does a podcast called The Digital Story. And it was a discussion of um, going head-to-head between his um, Fuji X100V uh, DSLR and his iPhone 12 Pro Max. 
He took um, similar shots at approximately the same time, uh, some gorgeous shots, and makes the point that you can't tell them apart. And you really can't. And so if you if folks, if you look at the links and the photos there and just talking about the benefits of computational photography and, you know, how it it does present a challenge, I think, to professional photographers who have you know honed their skill. And those of us who are just hacks and pull out our phones and take pictures and we're getting almost the same results. Uh, and I know it, it just it struck me as just how much technology has improved this, along with a project I did for my office where we looked back over photos over the past seven, eight, nine years, most of which were taken with an iPhone, especially in the latter years. And you can see the pictures get progressively better. I mean, even under the best the, the best of circumstances, they were okay way back when, but by today's standards, they just look not so great. And Andrew, I know you had a positive reaction to this, um, that, that this meant something to you. Yeah. Um, I mean, first, I'm definitely not a professional photographer. I'm one of the lumps who are taking out their phone to shoot everything. <laughs> um, I actually haven't read this article, but I just wanted to share that I am really pleased with the iPhone camera for the past couple of years. I think it was ever since I got maybe the iPhone 12. I'm on the 13 Pro right now. And um, not only is the camera great, but it's also the photo capabilities just within the default photo editing app. I think that has very greatly improved over the years. And maybe you people don't even need a third-party editing app anymore. Maybe they do want one if, you know, they need special things, but I'm, I'm very pleased with the editing in the Photos app, especially when these pro iPhones have the capability to shoot in RAW. They, Apple has their own special pro RAW format. And honestly, like for a lot of my pictures that I'm doing, I just hit that, uh, that one tap auto edit button and for most pictures i i personally think it looks good there are a couple of pictures you know where i'll tweak it to add my own spin on it but otherwise like i think both the editing and the camera is just great out of the box nowadays agreed yeah i, I agree as well i think I, I know for a fact that you know five years ago if you had told me will be able to edit raw photos in the photos app, I would have laughed in your face. Um, but now we have it and it's, it's phenomenal. I love it. Do you think that uh, Photoshop or Adobe should be concerned as far as, as editing software goes? No, 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 I don't. Um, because the people that, pay for Photoshop are doing a lot more than what we would do on our phones. And while yes, we can do some powerful things on our phones, it's a lot easier to fine tune that control when you bring it onto your computer and bring it up in Lightroom or Photoshop. There's, there's yeah. a huge gap between the people who are regularly using Photoshop 
enough to have paid for it and people who like to take a nice picture on their phone and then want to touch it up a little bit and get it printed or you know whatever they want to do with it eventually so there's a huge there's a huge space between those two groups of people that that venn diagram is two circles i agree uh for those who need it uh apps like lightroom photoshop even something like pixelmator pro if you feel like you have to pay for it then i think you're obviously you know what you need the capabilities that you need there is always going to be a difference between slapping the filter on it tweaking the contrast tweaking the highlights and the colors and everything and then there's actually the word Photoshop, which is what used for, you know, digitally altering pictures. Like, I think that is always going to be yeah. their, their business. And Apple doesn't seem to want or need to compete in that particular aspect. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and, they, and Apple did get out of it because they had Aperture for a long time. Aperture's gone. That was their professional right. version. Yeah. Um, now the Photos app is 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 more than sufficient for what you can do. But I was going to go back to the iPhone and how much it's evolved over the years with the, with the, the photography. I've I pretty much have owned every iPhone since the beginning, so I can I can definitely tell you how the camera is. I've seen the camera evolved all these years, and I think many of us have. But I'm telling you, starting with the 12 and then now at the 13, I, I think these cameras are just absolutely phenomenal. I think Derek's right in this article. I mean, it's. What, what do you need? When do you need a digital camera anymore? You don't, you don't need a DSLR. I, I still have a DSLR still in my closet. I, I don't even know why I haven't thought about selling it because I mean, it's, yeah, it's got a big long lens. Yeah, that's great. But what quality you can get out of these, out of these photos is just absolutely phenomenal. I, I, any photo I've taken, it's just, I mean, I just had my kitchen remodel. I've been taking pictures for, you know, for the last three or four weeks here. And then people mm-hmm. were looking at them. They could, you know, they can just zoom right in. You can, you're, you're just seeing some, it's just some great detail. And I can provide, I was able to provide that type of detail in a, in a photo with just using an iPhone. I mean, what, what, what do you, what else do you need? I, I did an episode of daily observations with, um, my friend, Aaron Hockley, who's, who is a professional photographer. Okay. And, uh, he talked about how, um, he, had because he enters his photographs in competitions and he talked about how he decided to level up himself and enter pictures that he made on his iPhone as uh into those competitions to see how they would stack up and how they would get judged because he was going to take the same picture regardless like he has a style and an approach that he uses and all he did in this case was swap out the tool and he has won awards for photograph for photographs he made that started on his iPhone. And we had a really interesting conversation about how your phone has evolved from a phone that can take pictures to a camera that can take phone calls. And the fact that that evolution happened really in the course of about three or four years, about three or four years ago, like whether people really uh, took it seriously or not, uh, it was about the iPhone, like the the eight and the 10, if you print it out like an eight by 10 or even a 16 by 20, depending on the picture uh, f- that you took from one of, with one of those cameras, you could get an amazing picture that would be 
<clears throat> to the naked eye would not be dramatically different if different at all from something that you took with a DSLR and printed at that same size and, you know, printed it out exactly the same way. That output was going to look virtually identical if you took the same picture on both of those devices. And, and that's been a few years ago. And all they've done since then is add more computational photography, more tools within the lens that you can use, uh, like, you know, portrait mode and, um, you know, exposure lock and night mode and all these different kinds of things that make it so that you can take that you automatically start with a better image than what you would have gotten before. And those differences, those differences are dramatic compared to, you know, like, uh, you know, David and I, like I, you know, I have sort of the same things I like to take pictures of when I get a new phone to see how that, how they look over time. You know, mm -hmm. here's the picture I took of that neon sign at night with my iPhone 3G and here it is with my 12. And the difference between them is amazing. And <clears throat> there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot that goes into making those photos the best they can be since you're taking them just with a phone. And, you know, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into that. And so I think Derek has a good point in this case, uh, you know, that, that it's not necessarily dramatically different. And Aaron, who does paid uh, photo shoots, you know, goes and like shoots headshots professionally and things has done the occasional session where he's taken some of those photos with his iPhone. And then, you know, by the time he puts them through processing and everything, nobody, you know, on the customer side, when they go through and pick and choose pictures, they're not like, oh, I don't want that one. Obviously you took it with your phone. Like that's, that's not a thing anymore and hasn't been for a while. Right. And that's, that's part of what has been so interesting about it is um, knowing people like Andrew who do more uh, like actual, I'll call actual photography than generally what I do, which is like the picture of the sign, you know, for the level where I parked the car or whatever, you know, or the receipt or the thing I'm trying to remember later, you know, um, like people who do actual photography have really been, have been impressed for a while with this tool. And that's the part that, that, um, I have found really interesting is as those things evolve, you know, as, as the industry evolves, like, so goes the app store, right? Because like, you know, Andrew and probably Jeff can, can attest to the, uh, well, Jeff's uh, can attest to, um, the fact that the tools that you use, once you've taken that picture, the things that you can do on device with that photo, uh, have expanded dramatically with Pixelmator and, um, uh, gamut. I think you use a affinity, affinity photo. Affinity photo. And, you know, and, and like Photoshop finally being an actual iOS app and having those opportunities available to actually do pro level editing make a huge difference. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by New Relic. Monitor, debug, and improve your entire stack. Get all the details at newrelic.com slash Mac Voices. If you're a software engineer, you've been there. It's 9 p.m. You're finally unwinding from work your phone buzzes with an alert, and something's broken. And your mind's already racing at what could be wrong. Is it the back end or the front end? Is it the network? Did I introduce a bug in my last deploy? Now, the whole team is scrambling from tool to tool and messaging person after person to find and fix the issue. That won't happen with New Relic. New Relic combines 16 different monitoring products that you'd normally buy separately, so engineering teams can see across their entire software stack in one place. That's why the dev and op teams at DoorDash, GitHub, and more than 14,000 other companies use New Relic to debug and improve their software. 
Whether your project is small or large, New Relic will be your new best friend. That next 9 p.m. call is just waiting to happen. Get New Relic before it does. And you can get access to the whole New Relic platform and 100 gigabytes of data free forever. No credit card required. Sign up at newrelic.com slash macvoices. That's newrelic, N-E-W-R-E-L-I-C dot com slash macvoices. newrelic.com slash macvoices. Thanks to New Relic for supporting Mac Voices. One of the things that Derek points out, and I should have said, explained this just a little bit uh, earlier, not just the photography, but the, the high dynamic range photography, which in the past required you to take multiple shots at the same, you know, with, with different exposure levels, basically the same, and then use software to process them together. Now we do it with one touch of the iPhone and it mm-hmm. comes out amazing. It comes out amazing. Jeff, um, I know you you take a fair amount of photos of all kinds of things. Um, what's, what's your reaction to this? I, I'm going to focus on one thing you said, you know, in, in, uh, in, in a feeble attempt to keep it brief. Um, you said, is that, or you asked, is this a, a threat or a problem for professional photographers, the quality of the of the cameras that we get on our phones now? And I say, no, not at all, because the this becomes another tool in the professional photographer's uh, arsenal, and it becomes a, a device that empowers the average user to potentially take better photos. But it would be like if you went out and bought uh, a piano that doesn't make you Thelonious Monk. That just makes you someone with the piano and maybe you can play some good jazz. Um, and it's it's the same here. You, you getting an iPhone with a really good camera, that doesn't turn you into John Fielder. So the, these are tools that empower people, but it doesn't take the place of having the experience and the talent that goes along with creating those award-winning professional shots. Yeah, I think that's, those are real good points, Jeff. And I think back to, you know, when, when, well, some of us were kids, you know, depending on what your first camera was that if you, because we weren't serious necessarily about taking photography. So you never thought about learning composition or trying to get better. That was truly for the professionals. But now because we have this quality at our, at our fingertips, I think a lot more, a lot more of us at least are paying attention to, okay, you know, what is the rule of thirds and, you know, some basic photography techniques that just help you take better pictures. Brad, uh, who is a Brad in the chat room said there are snapshots and there is professional photography. Yeah. And I agree. I think the gap is closing, but I don't think the professionals are, are threatened at this point. I, I disagree. Okay. Um, and I have, you know, I'm not a professional photographer, but actually I have a lot of customers that are professional photographers because, uh, there's one professional pro- photographer about 30 years ago decided to automate his photography business with Panorama and then turned around and sold that to a couple thousand photographers. So I, I you know, hear a lot about that from him. And the professional photography 
business has just been decimated over the past 20 years, first by point and shoots and then by iPhones. And it's maybe 10% of what it was uh, because whether, you know, yeah, people can't take it, you know, professional pictures, but, you know, for the most part, they just don't care. And, um, you know, they can get a good enough picture pictures with what they've got. And, uh, you know, actually, uh, the, the guy I was talking about, he folded up that business and, uh, you know, because they're, they're just, you know, wasn't enough. Uh, you know, all his customers had gone out of business mostly. Well, I mean, I know wedding photography is a big thing. And, you know, I've I've been to weddings now that they didn't even have a professional photographer. They just let people take things, photos with their cell phones and say, you know, hey, would you mind sending them to us so we have it documented? And they do a little bit of posing. But, you know, and, and frankly, they seem to be just as happy, if not happier than spending a few thousand dollars. Um, so it, I guess it all depends on your wants and your needs. Yeah, I'm not saying there's no professional photography, but that business is way smaller than, you know, just like so many other things that have touched, uh, been touched by the iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So one of our favorite topics, and I'm throwing another article in the chat rooms. Um, one of our favorite topics here is, is, privacy, Facebook, and, you know, how we are being monetized. And this article I thought was really interesting. Um, they claim that Apple privacy changes, Apple, Apple's privacy changes wiped out $278 billion in market value from four companies. And my first thought when I saw that headline, and I, I, I'm going to throw this out to everybody and just let you guys jump on it. If that's what they lost, what are they? What are they still making? And and what were they making up to this point, taking advantage of us? Mark, I'll, I'll let lot. you do this one. Yeah. Well, okay, guy, you start. Um, you know, it. it okay. It, it, it's Go staggering. Ahead, well, yeah. You know the how much information they were getting from us, uh, not necessarily from our computers, but from our phones and our tablets it is it's staggering, and the fact that a change of this magnitude uh, that not even everybody implemented has caused them to uh, lose this much money and to lose this much, this much information on users is, is I, I can't think of a word other than staggering that, that, uh, you know, this is, this is why they have been fighting tooth and nail with Apple to try to get them to change course here. And, you know, honestly, if your entire business is to leech information off of your customers, you're, you don't have much of a business model. At least not one that, uh, that, that should exist. Advertisers, you mean? Not advertisers. I'm talking about, I'm talking about how much information Facebook gets off of their users. It's one thing. It's one thing to have to have ads that people may or may not be interested in. It's another thing to to, to try to to narrow it down to where they know practically everything about you, and that they can basically decide. Well, you're going to see this, and you're going to see this, and you're going to see this, and you know we really don't care if it's private or public information. You're just going to 
you're just going to have to suck it up if you want to keep using our platform. We, we live in a very, we live in a very, uh, uh, very nice country where that's what we worry about because you know it's, some of these other countries are like, oh, they're trying. Well, we should worry about it. No, we should. Uh, well, okay, but um, yeah, a lot of other countries are like, oh, they're they're tracking to find out what kind of food you like. Man, that would be sweet. Um, okay, so let's see, Mark, um, you're up on this one. Okay, yeah. So I think uh, the article. Um, it talks about market cap, which is the, you know, the value of the share price times the number of shares outstanding, and it reported whatever it was was down. Well, that was uh, written, I think, on uh, Saturday or Friday last week. So since then, things have changed a little bit. Uh, you know, specifically, Snap crashed, and then they had a good positive earnings report, so that went up. But uh, Facebook has gone down and is gone down Thursday. It's gone down Friday. It was down uh, yesterday and it was down again today. So, you know, it looks like it's in a little bit of a free fall because I think the issue for you know, uh, Facebook was, uh, you know, they had a multiple whammy. Uh, they had one where they lost revenue due to blaming Apple and app transparency. Uh, the other problem that they had is they saw a decline in, uh, you know, daily and monthly active users. So, uh, you know, their user growth instead of continuing actually is is reversed, and that's uh, causing a little bit of a panic and reassessment of what is this uh, company really worth. So, you know, that's what's driven a lot of uh, you know its decline. Um, Google, I think, you know, has been sort of in, uh, immune to this. Uh, not that that Google doesn't. Uh, 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 you know, harvest uh, personal information. It's just that I think they have different techniques uh, for doing it. So they're a little bit more resilient than uh, Facebook was uh, or Snap was in getting damaged by uh, Apple's ATT technology. Yeah, and it's interesting that Apple's the one that, you know, did something that really made a difference. You know, we've preached privacy here for a long time, but it took Apple, uh, you know, doing some of the things behind the scenes that I... I can only presume that no matter what we did, we didn't, we could not be as effective as Apple was at cutting it off at the knees. Yes, that's certainly true. And I think, uh, um, again, this this is uh, misreported and biased by Facebook's statement where they say Apple's a competitor and blah, de, blah, de, blah, de, blah, when I think in reality, yeah, Apple's just giving people controls to either allow it or disallow it. And actually, some of their directions are a little confused and muddling. So, uh, you know, the fact that uh, as many people are still doing tracking or allowing tracking, I think, speaks to the fact that uh, they value the so-called the, the monetarily free services uh, that they pay for with uh, information about themselves and their likes and preferences and locations and uh, you know, on and on and on and on and on. Um, I, we have everybody in the chat room once in, in our chat room is saying they want to be in. Jeff, I think you were you had a comment up next. Yes. OK. Uh, first part is the idea that uh, that Facebook has a bad business model. I disagree with completely. It's a very good business model because it's made them more money than Han Solo can imagine. <laughs> that doesn't mean it's an ethical business model. Uh, now. The other part of this, tying into their earnings report, how bad of a decision is it for a 
for the leadership of a company to blame their uh, their drop in revenue on a competitor. You never ever say, "Well, this is because we can't compete." Just oh my god! How, yeah. And how could someone let uh, the Zuckbot get? involved in a uh, in an earnings report where he was allowed to say such a thing i mean that that was absolute insanity and at that point facebook deserves to have their stock value plummet because they're just telling the whole world <laughs> we can't compete jeff that's a great point you know that really is i mean that's like I don't even know what that's like. You know, that'd be like, you know, Ford throwing up its hands and saying, we can't compete with Chevy. Yeah. You know, it would be like Zuckerberg saying we can't compete because of Apple. Oh, wait, that's what happened. It's, yeah. <laughs> and it's the because of that's at issue here. Like, who is like, why would you. In this exact instance, Facebook has had data leaks they've had prominent people leave the company that be and and said like they're they're you know i'm supposed to be the privacy person and when i tell everybody that privacy is important nobody cares or i get shouted down or i got tired of telling people that this is the thing that was happening on the platform that is unacceptable and it i was the only person who cared about it and so i i left the company and like the thing, the thing that I find the most telling in this is that Facebook is trying to pin 100% of their free fall on Apple and not on data leaks. And the fact that employees have volunteered to testify in front of Congress about the kinds of shenanigans that are happening at Facebook and they don't want to and and they're not going to talk about. Um, all of the people who have decided to delete it and without getting into it, like uh, the multiple instances of misinformation being proven to be spread on the platform unmitigatedly and allow, sure, it's a word now, and all of the other things that have caused people to stop using Facebook entirely or for their use to drop dramatically. You know, I don't want to engage with my family over the holidays because of all this nonsense and I don't get to see them anyway. And, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to spend as much time there as I used to. And then, you know, you do that over Christmas and then maybe, you know, you don't go back to the level you were at before. And, the, you know, things like that, like, like people's uses of, of websites and tools and platforms and everything comes and goes like, you know, things are sort of in fashion and then they're out of fashion. And the fact that Facebook came out and said, this is all terrible because of Apple is fascinating to me because it's absolutely dismissing all those other things I just told you about. All of the, re like, anytime there's news about Facebook, the thing that I think of is that Andrew and I started Security Friday because I didn't want to talk about Facebook every day. And I was like, can we just make it one day a week and just do all the stories there about how Facebook is doing terrible things with your data? And then I don't have to talk about it the other four episodes a week. Can we do that? And that's, the, that was the beginning of Security Friday. Yeah, um, literally. Like that's exactly it, uh, what happened. Just real fast, is Apple and is Apple a competitor to Facebook? In what no. way? I mean, I can't well, figure out. Jeff, that's what Jeff said, right? That that they're, that's, they're competitive. They're not. They're they're not. And the, but the example Facebook implied that 
by that, blaming their uh yeah. their right but the hypothetical situation would be in chuck's example would be chevy blaming uh, um the chevy blaming well, shell mcdonald's or, or, well, or shell would, for not yeah. or for not yeah. selling gas to I mean, to, to chevy cars yeah That's more the to the point it would be no one it would be nobody bought a pinto because of all the seat belts in them you know and it was the government that made us put the seat belts in them so it's the government's fault we didn't sell any pintos right no well, it's I not mean, how that works. would be like an and like you know a company that any company that makes a business doing something and another company that's not directly competing with them implements some kind of policy that makes that not happen for that company yeah but like but it the, also the fact that they're not taking into account reality in the statement that they released is the part that I found basically impressive. Uh, you know that they were uh, uh, no all, all the word is, Congress or uh, anything else. Aria, I mean, you know, we could all pretend that Apple doesn't have their employee issues too, and, and they don't have their. I don't issues pretend too. that Apple has employee issues as well, but Apple never mm-hmm. came out and said. Our employee issues are why our stock is in free fall right now. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's not. But it also, well, you know, how, how about yeah. the fact that Facebook has, you know, has has touted over time, you know, well, we want to connect the world. You know, we want everybody to be friends and, you know, all this. And and now all of a sudden it just feels like this is a complete sham that, mm-hmm. you know, we're. Well, I think they did, but they're like, how are we going to pay, you know. You know, infrastructure. Now we got billions of people. How do we pay to keep them on our servers? Right. They had a and, problem, and they had a and, problem. And whether they went to their solution of the problem the right way or not is is not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that the problem is we need money. How are we going to make money? And initially, Facebook didn't do it that way, and then they said, "Well, we can," and they did. Um, and you guys are absolutely right. They should have had a Plan B and Plan C. Uh, because you know they do yeah, plan I, b is instagram and plan c is whatsapp this mac voices live panel is back in the next edition of mac voices to talk more about facebook and the european union and mark zuckerberg's comments about not being able to compete then we start a very spirited discussion about apple's decision to accept nfc payments on the iphone that's all next time on mac voices i hope to see you then until then and as always Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.